0: Hey, what's up, everybody? It's the Fish Tank Guy here, and welcome to episode four of the podcast. Today is November 29th. No, it's not. It's November 30th, 2017, and I'm a little bit behind this time on getting the podcast out. I'm trying to do bi weekly, but this time I fell a little bit short, and that's basically because I was trying to figure out where I was going to host this guy, the the whole podcast in general. Now, I had the first few episodes up on SoundCloud, and it didn't take me very long to realize that SoundCloud would actually start costing me money. So, the interesting thing about it is, you know, I don't really necessarily expect anything to be free, right? But... I was under the impression that you could upload, you know, a minimal amount each month or something like that, and still maintain a free account. And that's simply not the case. So, so for those of you who don't know, or maybe you're interested in starting your own podcast or you know putting your music somewhere up on the internet, SoundCloud gives you three hours of upload time for free. But that's total. So it. It doesn't matter if you upload 10 minutes now, 10 minutes in a month, you know, and then 2 hours and 45 minutes in 2 years from now, you're going to go past your 3 hours, you won't be able to host it all, right? So, you get 3 hours forever on a free account. Well, then I said, okay, let me look at the other account. So, alright, the next account up is the pro account. That's $7 a month or $63 a year. You save some money if you pay by the year. So, 63 bucks a year. I figure, okay, I'll get basically unlimited storage. Nope, you only get six hours of upload time, and that's forever. So even if you continually pay the $63 a year, you can still not surpass that six-hour time limit. So then I look at their next storage plan. That's Pro Unlimited, uh, upload without limits. All right, I'm reading their thing here. See what cities your listeners are in. See the web pages and apps your tracks are played from. That's $135 a year and that allows you to upload unlimited amounts of, you know, audio, whether it be a podcast or music or whatever. So $135 a year, I'm making $0 a year on the podcast. So that equals out to negative $135 a year to do the podcast, which is uh quite a bit. I'm not in it for the money, but I can't lose a whole bunch of money doing it either. I'm hoping to, you know, give you guys some good information, entertain you a little bit, but 135 is a lot. So I started looking around, and I found a great website called Podbean. I'm going to give them a shout-out. It's called Podbean. That's right, B-E-A-N, like green beans. And essentially, I'm paying $36 for the entire year, and my limitations are 100 megs of uploading a month. So what that means is I can upload a 100 megs worth of audio files each month, but then those audio files are stored forever. So let's say 100 megs is 100 minutes, okay? So essentially, you know, three half-hour podcasts, quote-unquote half-hour, right? I never go just a half an hour, but three half-hour podcasts, and... I can upload those for the 36 bucks, and then I can upload three more podcasts the next, month, three the next month and 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 all the old ones stay there. None of the old ones fall off. That was an awesome deal. That was the best deal I found. So I signed up for them. They actually gave me a patron page as well. So if you're listening to the podcast, you like what you're hearing, you you want to hear a little bit more of it, you want me to kind of expand and potentially invite guests or different things like that, or maybe answer one of your topics on the podcast, I have a patron page over on Podbean. Go over to Podbean and search for the fish tank guy, and you should be able to find it. And if you want to throw me a buck or a couple bucks a month, that would be awesome. If you don't want to throw me anything, that's fine. I'm cool with you guys just listening and supporting the podcast in spirit, I suppose you would say. So, now that we have that out of the way, I'm now on Podbean. You'll still be able to get the podcast on iTunes and Google Play, the Google Play Store. But you can download the Podbean app on the Apple Store and Android Store as well if you'd like. It's a pretty nice app. Being honest, I'm not just trying to plug it, right? Pretty, Pretty solid app, Podbean. So check that out. I hope they gain some traction. SoundCloud has all the attention, but boy, they're they're sticking it to the people who are uh, paying money to have stuff hosted up there. So. Okay, on to the podcast. So today is uh like I said, November 30th. We just got through Thanksgiving, the whole Thanksgiving holiday and Black Friday, and I hope everybody had a great Thanksgiving and I have a lot to be thankful for. I have a lot of blessings. Um, I have great family. I have great friends. <laughs> I stuttered there. I have, I do have really good friends. I just only have a few of them, right? Cause, uh, once you get older and you get busy, you don't have time for your friends anymore. Um, or, or, you, uh, yeah, you don't have time for them, I guess. Um, or they don't have time for you, one or the other. But, uh, so, yeah, it was a pretty good holiday. I will say that if you are out there, And you are a youngster, or you're a teenager, or you are single, or you don't have a serious boyfriend or girlfriend, I'm telling you, enjoy the holiday right now. Enjoy it and love it because you don't realize how easy holidays are when you're single or you're not seriously dating somebody because as soon as you get married... All of the joys, <laughs> all of the joys, just sucked right out of the holiday. Because I'll tell you, this is the way the holiday used to be. When I was when I was younger, I was big into video games and um, you know anything computer tech related, that kind of thing. And this is what I remember Thanksgiving being like. I remember Thanksgiving being the house was nicely decorated. You know it, we had like the fireplace going, so it was pretty it was it was warm, cozy feeling. And the level of preparation of Thanksgiving was what time are Grandma and grandpa coming over? And fifteen minutes before we eat, I would go out and help set the table and get things ready in the kitchen. Take drink orders. You know how I used to do that when you were a kid. Oh, well, what do you want to drink? We've got. Except you had that little teeny voice. Oh, we've got water and root beer and uh, milk and orange juice. <laughs> so that's how it, that's how it used to be, right? I I could go from uh, sitting around playing a video game or listening to music or watching a movie. I would get up twenty minutes before we eat. I'd help out, I would eat, and then I would watch a basketball game or Home Alone. I usually would watch Home Alone on Thanksgiving. always used to be on NBC. Doon, doon, doon. If anybody remembers that, you see on NBC every Thanksgiving. Maybe it still is, I don't know. I can't even look at the TV guide on Thanksgiving anymore. But, um, so that's how it used to be. And now it is just this, this dreadful pit in your stomach it's just this pit of where are we going when are we spending enough time with your significant other's family are you spending enough time with your family what are you eating what are you making to eat what are you bringing somewhere to eat if you're going somewhere to eat it's just this big event it's an event and as much as you enjoy the vacation, you enjoy being around your family and, and being thankful and having the traditional Thanksgiving meal, it becomes this event. And it's no longer this carefree, oh man, I have a day off of school, I can just take it easy. It doesn't, it's not that anymore. It's gone. The magic is gone. So, if you are a youngster, or you have no significant other, or you're single, uh, Don't get me wrong. I enjoy the holidays, right? But just enjoy it for how relaxing it is now because someday it won't be that way. It won't be that way. Uh, But it'll still be good. It'll still be good. Black Friday was good. I don't know if anybody got any deals out there. I actually picked up some sand there for my fish tank tower. It was on sale on uh, Petco at Petco.com. And I actually picked up a protein skimmer that some of you might have seen on my YouTube channel. I did an unboxing for it, but I don't think that was on sale. So I just got a little uh, trigger happy on Black Friday and thought, like, oh, I can uh, I get some fish stuff on sale? Ooh, protein skimmers, and then I just go down that path of endless rabbit hole internet searches where you're punching everything you can into Amazon, and then you find one you like, and you're trying to find the best deal on. This website and that website, and you end up just wasting three hours and buying it off of Amazon anyway. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I got so I got that. I got a protein skimmer. I got uh, some sand. I picked up a couple video games cheap. I actually picked them up as like presents for myself. I know that sounds odd, but my grandparents—they're in their nineties—and they're not sure what to get me. So um, you know, I usually will try to find something and send it to my parents house from Amazon usually and then they'll wrap it up and then they'll give it to me from my grandparents and my grandparents will be happy that I've got something that I was looking forward to. So I bought I bought the uh, original Wolfenstein for, you know, Xbox 1, Wolfenstein the Old Blood combo and Wolfenstein 2 the New Colossus and I got all three of those packaged together for 40 bucks and they would normally be 90. So that was a really good deal. So, um, I was psyched about that. But other, other than that, I mean, Black Friday is just a shell of what it used to be. You know, for people who uh, were around in the days before Amazon, you would go, you would literally go to a store. I'm sure there are many people who still do this, but for those of you who don't, you'd literally go to a store and you would stand in a massive line outside and you'd freeze. You would freeze and then after half an hour, an hour, I wasn't an overnight person. I was get there a little bit before it opens person. You'd stand in line, and when they would open the door, as you got closer to the door, you could feel the heat coming out of the store, and you just could not wait to get in there. And at that point, you almost didn't care what was on sale anymore because you were so frozen. But it was it was interesting because Black Friday used to be similar to Thanksgiving. No, I'm not going to say it that way. I'm going to say that Black Friday used to be this, like, this, like, like, this human, human community type event where it wasn't so cutthroat. Maybe it was, but this was 10 years ago. I was, I was in my early twenties. I don't remember it being so cutthroat as it is today. I'll get back to that in a second, but it's basically today, like, you know, Black Friday, you can log on to Amazon. You can click around. You can try to find a good deal on some things. You can buy some stuff and you can go take a nap or whatever you want to do. People don't go out to the stores anymore. Some people do. And when they do, um, good for them, right? But there are just so many people out and there's a lot of traffic. And and you think to yourself, like, oh, man, I just I'm glad I don't have to do that anymore. But when I look back on Black Friday, before it used to be so cutthroat... I saw it as like, is an opportunity for people to save money, but it didn't make or break you. That's the way I, I view Black Friday like 10 years ago. So the first thing about Black Friday that was difficult for those of you who never experienced it is you had to choose your starting store, which was the biggest choice of Black Friday. Because essentially, if you waited that two, three hours, that it would take you to get through that first store to get to another store, the other store, all their best deals would already be gone. So you would have to do your research. You'd be sitting down and you would have all of the newspaper ads spread out in front of you, right? Like you were trying to like map together and pinpoint a, a murderer, right? You'd have like lines drawn between them. You'd have things circled. It looked like you were losing your freaking mind, right? Trying to save some money. But, uh, you would have to choose your starting store. And my, one of my best experiences that I can remember is when Circuit City was my starting store. Now, for those of you who don't know, Circuit City used to be essentially a Best Buy. It was Best Buy's competitor. And obviously they lost because they're not around anymore. But Circuit City was not bad. I was cool with Circuit City. And I remember that I went to this Circuit City at like five in the morning. And it was cold, but it wasn't that cold. It wasn't snowing. It was just cold. And there was a huge line. And I remember that we all like started filing in like lemmings, you know, sheep, right into the store. And and there were so many people in there. But in that experience, everybody was so like kind of frantic but nonchalant at the same time right they knew what they were looking for but they weren't pushing over people they weren't running right you would just kind of casually walk over there if it was there you go oh nice it's here still right and you'd pick it up and then and then uh you you'd wander around a little bit you'd get what you wanted you'd wander around and see if there was anything else you could have possibly missed in the newspaper ad or something that they didn't put in the newspaper ad and, and you would try to round yourself out that way and then you'd make your way to the cashier right and this is what i mean about like a human community type event like i remember standing in line with this big stack of dvds or whatever i had and just standing there patiently waiting my turn and some lady like bumped into me right she she bumped into me i didn't drop anything she just bumped into me and i looked over at the line next to me And there was another guy who looked like he was like a dad, right? I was only 20. He's probably like in his mid-30s or 40s. And he looked over me. He gave me one of those like half-smile, like shrug, shrug your shoulders type faces like, like, yeah, well, yeah, this is what we're doing, right? And it was sort of like a bonding thing. It really was. And it's funny now because I would consider myself an outgoing introvert. So even though I can speak, you know, pretty well with people and have good conversations and I'm not necessarily afraid of crowds or, you know, talking to people I don't really know, I ultimately would choose not to, right? That's the introvert part. I would ultimately choose not to. But so now when I look back at those other Black Fridays and I look I look at the fact that I don't have to go anywhere, I don't have to deal with anybody. It makes me feel like, yeah, yeah, alright, I don't have to deal with anybody. That's nice, right? But at the same time I remember going out and you know, connecting with these other people in some way, and it kinda of felt good. It kinda of felt like like I'm a part of something bigger here. We're all in this together, right? We're all just we're all just at Circuit City trying to get X Men on sale for three ninety nine. <laughs> i don't know i can't i don't know it's just weird it's funny how it works and now you got uh people throat chopping each other in walmart for three dollar t-shirts it's just (laughs) we've swung to the opposite end of the spectrum it used to be it used to be an event where you could remind yourself that you were a part of something bigger and now it's an event where uh, all it does is makes you think that you wish you weren't a part of something bigger. <laughs> I don't know. So that's Black Friday. Yeah, Thanksgiving was good. Black Friday was good. Got a few deals. That's the summary. Vacation went by way too fast. I did a lot of decorating. Got the tree up. Watched some Christmas movies. I watched Christmas Vacation, which is my favorite Christmas movie of all time my favorite all-time Christmas movie. It's so funny. I've seen it a bunch of times. It's hilarious. If you've never seen Christmas Vacation, there's something wrong with you, and you need to take care of that ASAP. So I did that. That was awesome. And uh, I actually ordered some Christmas movie posters for my basement. In my lower, I have a lower living room in my basement, and I have uh, some, some framed posters up to kind of make it like a media room. And my idea this year to, and this is my first year living in this house, my idea was to get, you know, holiday themed movie posters to kind of keep it still a media room, but also decorate it a little bit, so I got some movie posters, and I'm excited about those, I got like, uh, the Grinch, Polar Express, uh, Christification, of course, Home Alone, and what was the last one, Grinch, Polar Express, Home Alone, oh man, I'm blanking, Nah can't remember what what the fifth one was oh uh santa claus santa claus so i got five of them so that, that'll be cool so i'm uh, looking forward to getting those when they come in and putting them up and making the media room all christmasy i got a little christmas tree down here it's nice so um okay let's get on to the fish stuff i gave you guys a solid 19 minutes of rambling about nothing um so we'll do a solid You know, 15 minutes of rambling about fish stuff Uh, the fish tank tower is going really well I've got all the tanks drilled I've got all the tanks painted I have the shelves all covered um, except for one that I will be doing later this week and I've got the sand ordered and I have egg crate and man I'm moving right along now if I could dedicate some time to it I would have had all of this done you know a month ago But, uh, hey, you do what you can with the time you got. So that's doing, that's looking good. Uh, the nano tank is going, uh, really well. I can't, I I don't think I talked about it the last time I had the podcast. If I did, I apologize. But I went to the reef store that moved out of Erie a few weeks ago and I got some coral and they're awesome and I put them in the 10 gallon tank and they are doing very well. I think I might have talked about that. And, um, I will post a video on that shortly So you guys can see them I really like what I got though My wife helped me pick them out I got some orange Like bright orange pinkish uh, Zoas I got the uh, Bride of Chucky Zoas That are like a dark purplish type Zoa And then I got uh, It's essentially like a mushroom But I can't remember the name of it It's really cool but I'll show you guys that coming up in the near future what else do I got going, on? the bio cubes doing okay um, I discovered that somebody was leaving the shades in the living room up during the day and it was getting a bunch of direct sunlight and that's why I was getting a bunch of algae so that was fun, that was nice that uh, I had to keep cleaning the tank out and I was wondering why the heck the algae was building up so fast it was getting a solid 2 hours of sunlight everyday <laughs> Uh okay. Let's see. Oh, um what else is going on? Oh I've been uh perusing, you know, the YouTube lately and there are some there's some good up and coming channels of some folks who are working not working. What's the word I'm looking for? Folks who comment <laughs> Man, I'm out of it. Folks who comment on my videos, they're starting their own channels, and some of them are pretty nice. I'm going to give a shout-out to Blue Damsel. She's got a really fun channel. Uh, You can tell that she uh, puts a lot of time and effort into creating her videos. She does a lot of nice editing and uh, work with music and things like that. She's got more time than I do, I think. Or she's just flat out better at it, and she does it in the same amount of time that I do, right? But uh, no, she does really good. She's got a Fluval Evo tank like I do, and quite honestly, she'll probably update you a heck of a lot more than I do. So you might want to check her channel out and give her a shout-out. Um, and there are a few other people that uh, I see they're putting up some nice videos and things like that. And I might start doing maybe a YouTube channel shout-out once every two weeks on the podcast. So you guys can check out some other people's stuff. Um, but uh, hopefully in the near future, for the next you know few months, I should be having weekly updates. I've been doing it for the last three or four weeks, getting that weekly update out there. So there's not a big dry spell of no videos on the channel. And uh, hopefully I can keep that up even through the holidays. Spoiler alert, probably I won't be able to, but I'll try. Okay, so um, what we're doing today is we're talking about lighting schedules um how long do you light your aquarium per day i get that question quite a bit on my youtube channel on various videos and i want to i wanted wanted i wanted to do a little research and talk to you guys about what i found and we're also going to do some message board browsing i would like to come up with a cool name for a segment where I just go on message boards and read what people wrote and either make fun of them or give them the thumbs up. So if somebody can come up with an idea for the name of that segment, I thought it could be uh, trolling the message boards. It could, it could be one like trolling, like uh, you know how you fish, you troll. I yeah, maybe, or it could be fishing for, fishing for something. I don't know. I couldn't f- come up with a good pun for the word message boards but maybe somebody out there can come up with something. I don't know. So anyway, okay. So the question is, how long do you leave your aquarium light on each day? Now, there are obviously two types of tanks here. There are freshwater and there are saltwater. And there are tanks with fish and plants, and there are tanks with just fish, right? So the the answer varies depending on what your setup is, but I'm mostly going to focus on saltwater applications, but I will touch upon fresh water a little bit. I'm going to give you guys two or three solid resources. Oh my goodness, oh I'm yawning, Blah. sorry, I'm going to focus on two or three solid resources and then I'm going to do some message board trolling and see what we can find what other people say. So alright, my first source is MarineDepot.com. I follow them on Twitter and this is from one of their knowledge base articles. Okay. How long do you leave your aquarium light on each day? Is the question. Hello, and thank you for your inquiry. The length of time to keep your lights, um, okay, they were supposed to have the word on there. The length of time to keep your lights on will depend on the aquarium you have running. For a freshwater tank with just fish, there is really no set time. Anywhere from one to twelve hours per day will be fine. If the tank is in an area where it gets lots of indirect sunlight or simply is a bright room, you can keep the lights on for less time. If it is very dark room, you can keep the lights on longer. This will also hold true for a fish-only saltwater tank. The longer you keep the lights on, the more algae can grow in the tank. So if you find you are getting heavy growths of algae, you can simply cut back on the amount of time the light is on and or add algae eaters. All right. So there's your answer about fish-only tanks. 1 to 12 hours. Uh, You know, I would say you should have them on for at least 4 to 6 especially if your tank does not get a, a whole lot of light because you want those fish to kind of be a, awake and active. And if the tank is always in a poorly lit area or it's pretty dark, they'll kind of be lethargic and sleepy most of the time. And you know they could possibly be a little bit more susceptible to disease, which, gosh dang it, that might be a good question for a future podcast. I'm going to have to think about that a little bit. All right. So, if you have a freshwater planted tank or a reef aquarium, most people recommend running your lights for 8 to 12 hours per day. This should give your plants or coral plenty of time for photosynthesis. No matter what type of tank you have or no matter what type of tank you have, the use of a timer to turn on or off your lights is recommended. Fish and invertebrates will do much better when they have a regular schedule of when the lights are coming on and going off. All right. I hope that has helped with your question. Let us know. Is it, let us know if there is anything else we can help you with. Keith M. Marine Depot Customer Service. Thank you very much, Keith M. So there we got eight to twelve hours per day. All right. Now we're moving on to Doctors Foster and Smith. Doctor Foster and Smith of PetEducation.com. Expert information for all types of pets. All right. So, I am on lighting, reef aquarium lighting, system design and selection. Not gonna get into the design and selection part right now because, man, that is a rabbit hole. So, let's just basically stick with the schedule for now. Alright. Reef lighting. Among the most important aspects of reef lighting is the, or reef keeping is the lighting system. With lighting, we want to provide the proper photo period intensity and spectrum for good coral and anemone growth. Most applications use a 12-hour photo period. With multi-light systems, you can use timers to vary the intensity by varying the number of lights on at any one time. Usually, one bulb comes on for an hour, then all bulbs for 10 hours, then one light is left on for an additional hour while the others are turned off. This is one method to duplicate the sun passing over the reef. On really elaborate systems, some hobbyists have even designed cloud cover patterns yowzas so those are the hardcore right i'm not that hardcore i'm not designing cloud cover patterns but there you go they say 12 hours um and you keep all your bulbs on for 10 and ramp it up oh i feel like i just yawn when i read out loud i it i think it's a problem that i have all right okay so let's go on to the next so there you have first article marine depot 8-12 to 12, uh, peteducation.com about 12 alright okay let's move to the next one next one okay the spruce the spruce.com how long should aquarium lights be left on alright this one's gonna be quick The ideal photo period or length of time the aquarium lights are on ranges from 8 to 12 hours, depending on the aquarium setup. Generally, 10 hours a day is a good average for most aquariums. When should you reduce the aquarium light time? If algae is a problem in your tank, a contributing factor is usually too much light. Reducing the time the aquarium lights are on to 8 hours or a bit less, if necessary, will reduce algae growth. There you go. Some fish prefer lower lighting conditions. Many cichlids Thrive on less light, as do many species of the Tetra family. If a room has good ambient lighting, it's possible to reduce or even eliminate additional aquarium lighting. When should you increase your aquarium light time? If there are live plants in the aquarium, the aquarium lighting period should be increased. Plants require as much as 12 hours per day. However, the time will depend on the aquarium setup and the species of plants. All right. So there you go. So they say 8 to 12 hours. Generally, 10 hours a day is a good average. All right. Okay, so now we're going to move on to trolling the message boards. I don't know. I need a better name. Okay. So I am on Reef Sanctuary. They have a really cool little graphic up here next to their name, Reef Sanctuary. It's really nice. Um, okay. So um, this person asked a question, the boss, also known as my wife Tracy. Oh, Go, oh, come on, son. Come on. The boss. His wife's the boss. My wife's the boss, too. All right. Here, this guy has several questions here, which is, I think, uh, breaking the rules of message ports You're only allowed to ask one question per topic. What schedule do you have your lighting on, and does it allow you good viewing time? Would leaving lunar lights on all night be detrimental to those animals that need rest? And would natural daylight in the room count as lighting in regard to the artificial light schedule? All right. 10 a.m. until 7 p.m. here. Lunar lights on all night. Dang, son. That's nine hours. Nine hours. We have our lights on a delayed schedule. Uh, thanks. Okay, this person has... out. Ah, here we go. The actinics are on for an hour, then the daylights come on, everything's on for 10, and then the daylights are off, and the actinics are off for an hour. So 12 total hours, 10 hours of straight up everything on. We have moonlights on 24-7. Okay. 10 hours main lights and moonlights on all night. This person runs actinics from 2 to 11 and daylights 3 to 10 interesting this person runs them from noon till 10 10 hours moonlights on all night okay this person ugh this person okay, i'm not even dealing with this oh my gosh and then this person has this person has separate schedules for each day r2 d2 you big nerd <laughs> I'm just kidding. I like Star Wars a lot, but I'm just saying this is like extreme. Monday through Friday, he's got a schedule, and the, but Friday is different, and then Saturday and is different, and then Sunday is different. Hmm. Um. Let's see. Oh, this is an interesting one. I noticed some folks leave their lunar lights on twenty-four-seven, and others shut them off. Can lunar lights be too bright? Um, if I shut them off, then the polyps close. If I leave them on, the polyps do not close. I thought I needed darkness for some things to rest. If I can leave them on, then that is what I would prefer to do. Okay. Um, I've seen some people state their moonlights are bright enough that their fish never really went to bed at night until they dim the moonlights. I leave my moonlights on 24-7 just because I'm too cheap to buy another timer for them. Interesting. All right. Let's see. This person essentially runs theirs for 12 hours. 12 hours. And that's the end of that topic. There are only 12 replies in that topic. All right, we'll close that. All right, now we're going to Reef2Reef.com. Oh, this one's very interesting. Okay. I picked these for a reason, right? How long do you run your lights full intensity each day? All right. And these are saltwater and reef aquarium message boards okay they have like a poll here the number one vote getter is four to six hours with 383 votes 44 percent the number two vote getter is eight hours with 24 percent basically and the number three vote getter is 10 hours or more with 15 percent okay that's interesting so This says that people are leaving theirs on full intensity 4 to 6 the most, then 8, and then 10 or more. Okay. So I'm going to read through a couple responses here, then we'll get to my thoughts on it, and then we'll get to the fish of the day. Oh, yeah. And then we will uh, be done with the podcast today. Okay. How long do you run your lights each day? 8 to 9 hours. Blue lights for one to two hours. Okay. Here is here is the politically correct answer. A very simple answer goes like this. Every tank is different. What works for you might not work for me. And honestly, that's very true. Um, if your tank inhabitants are happy, then there would be no reason to believe your lighting schedule is wrong. In the end, we are striving for stability. And this goes for our lighting as well. Coral and fish will adjust to your lighting schedule. Okay. Um, some guy posted an article that I'm not going to read because it says a very complicated answer goes like this and he posted an article and the next guy wrote reading just the beginning of this article makes me feel like I'm sitting back in a biology lecture hall will this be on the final exam I wish I paid more attention to class I thought it was going to be funny to start and then it it, it, it fizzled Um, let's see I run my lights from 9 a.m. to 10:20 p.m., but not at 100 percent. Oh, and this guy has like a chart. Okay, so this guy has a real fancy uh, timer or controller. My lights start ramping up. my lights start ramping up to 35 percent from 10 a.m, then are at 50 percent at 1 to 8 and then ramp down. Dude, this is too involved for me. So they come on at 10 o'clock and they, they, your moonlighting shuts off at 11.45. Okay. So your main lights come on at 10 and they shut off at 10.30. So 12 hours. A little over 12 hours. 12 and a half uh, This person, no, I'm not, no. Did, way too involved here. Sunrise, morning, midday, afternoon, sunset. Those are five different types of lights he's got. I'm not trying to figure that out right now. Um, Okay. This guy, this guy is hardcore. Nebraska, Midwest Reefa. Reefa! I do not have a ramp time. I let natural light touch the tank by opening the shades to wake the fish and coral, then a few minutes before I leave, I turn on lights to a hundred percent and feed. Interesting. All right. My lights are on fourteen hours a day, which is probably too long. He spelled two with one one o. That's incorrect. It should be two o's. The peak is only three hours though, and is much lower through the rest of the day. Everything grows like mad and colors are nice. Been like this for years. Well, that's good. Um, I think it would vary. Sounds like anywhere from 5 to 14 hours is good. Wow, that ain't a big range. Um, this person does 16. And I'm down to the bottom. Okay. Alright, so there you go. So, um, alright guys. I'm going to give you my opinion on this. The politically correct answer of everything is specific to your tank is actually correct but if i were to tell you if you're just starting a tank or you're starting up a new tank i would say you should start with a lighting schedule that is around 10 hours around 10 hours and um right now my bio cube i honestly don't know the total amount of time that i have the lights running but i believe the full intensity is on about eight Like They're at full intensity for about 8 hours. Um, They ramp up for an hour before and an hour after. So they're essentially on for 10 hours. And then I have my moon lights on for a few hours at night just so I can still enjoy the tank. Even though I don't have the full lights on. So if I were to give you my advice based on my own personal experience and what I've read on many message boards... You're going to figure out what works best for you, but a good starting point is around 10 hours, and if you can't do the ramping up and the ramping down, that's fine. Some people think that that is absolutely a necessity, and it's a nice to have, but it's not a must have, and your fish will probably do fine as long as you have a timer, and I would definitely say, especially if you're doing a reef tank, go with a timer, don't assume that you are going to be able to maintain a rigid schedule when it comes to turning your lights on and off because life is going to happen and you won't like trust me you won't if you're like oh well i'll just do it every day before i go to work well what about the one day when you forget to do it or what about oh hold on I'm getting a phone call here sorry So you know what about the day you forget to do it? What about the day when you wake up late or you have to go to work early and your schedule's thrown off? So I would definitely recommend getting a timer. And start with around the 10-hour mark and then just go from there based on how your tank looks, how your corals are doing, things like that. So I'd definitely go with that. So there's your answer on lighting schedule. Okay, let's move on. I'm already way over half an hour. I'm at 40 minutes because I'm just a rambling bag of day i don't know what i'm saying i'm just a i'm all over the place i'm at 41 minutes and i'm gonna give my fish of the week a solid four minutes and wrap this up at 45 minutes this week's fish of the week is a fish i have never owned but i've always thought they were really cool they have a, a neat look to them and i feel like they have some personality if fish can have personality and that is the long nose hawkfish. I'm on live aquaria here, and they actually have changed. Oh my gosh, they've changed their layout, and I don't know what is right with the world anymore. What happened here? I'm just kidding. They did change the layout, though. Um, quick stats minimum tank size 30 gallons. I'd probably agree with that. You might get away with like a 20 long. Care level easy. Temperament semi aggressive. Reef compatible with caution. Ooh. Uh, water conditions same as everything else max size five inches color form red white diet carnivore um origin family don't care about that all right so let's give it let's do the interview here or the (laughs) let's sit the long-nosed hawkfish down and have a chat shall we (laughs) do the overview the long-nosed hawkfish has a white body with red striping that runs both horizontally and vertically that's why i think they look cool. They have great personalities, oh, there you go, and are very interesting to watch. They are also the only hawkfish reported to have spawned in captivity. A 30-gallon or larger aquarium is acceptable and should have a tight-fitting lid to prevent escape. The long-nosed hawkfish is a hardy, semi-aggressive fish, but other larger hawkfish will overpower it. Although it eats small fish and shrimp, it makes an excellent reef inhabitant under proper conditions. It likes to perch on, likes to, wait, it likes to be perch on... No, nope, they got to fix that. It likes to, it likes to, I don't know. It likes to be perched on and be camouflaged by the red Gorgonian sea fan or other similar decor. All right. So there you go. That's the long-nosed hawkfish. I'm actually going to read a couple testimonials because I got a solid minute and a half left. This fish is a family favorite. It has great pet qualities and will beg to be fed. Not a picky eater, neat-looking addition. enjoys people watching. enjoys watching people and everything in the tank. Very hardy eater and very peaceful. If you like unusual-looking fish, this is a good choice. Easy to care for and a great addition to any marine tank. Mine is not aggressive. Likes to hang out at the top of the tank and survey his domain. The longnose hawkfish has to be one of the most unique fish due to its eating pattern. Don't be fooled by its skinny mouth; it can open up wide. Mine eats twice a day. At each feeding, he gets about five shrimp and a few bites of squid. Ooh, swallowing each piece in full. This is a fun and extremely hearty fish. He lives in my 125 gallon with fire shrimp, sleeper gobies, clowns, flounder, catfish, and some other fish. So there you go. There's a the longnose hawkfish. Sounds like the people in the testimonials like it. It looks like a cool fish. Hopefully someday I will have one in one of my tanks, and if you guys are looking for a cool fish to add to your tank, yeah, there's an option for you. So, alright, once again, I'm the Fish Tank Guy, thank you so much for checking out episode four of the podcast here, um, I know I rambled on a little bit long, no I didn't, I rambled on for as long as I always ramble on, so you guys are probably used to this at this point, all three of you who listen, and... Um, yeah, so thank you so much. Thank you for supporting the podcast just by listening. If you're interested, you can sign up to be a patron. I'll try to throw some cool perks your way if um, I ever get any donations on that front. But if not, I'm just happy with doing the podcast and having some people listen in. And hopefully I can have some guests or different things in the future. So uh, that's all I've got. I hope you guys have a good week, and I'll see you on the next episode.